You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God's so good. See, good to see all of you here tonight. Praise God. Good things. Hallelujah. Good to see Pastor Felix with you. So glad you could join us tonight. Praise God. Thank you, buddy. Hallelujah. We're still praying for you sending Aaron over to us, but praise God. It's okay. (laughs) okay. No, we love him. Hallelujah. Great guy. So it's all good. Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn over to John's Gospel, chapter uh, 14. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We praise God for his goodness and his grace. Amen. You know, I think I shared that we're going to kind of stick to the the whole theme of the Holy Spirit kind of through the whole month of June uh, on Wednesday nights for sure. And uh, just just preparing our hearts here because how many of you know that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead, but it's the one, he's the one that's in operation in the earth today. And he's the one speaking, he's the one showing us, uh, he's the one teaching us. Uh, so we need to, to understand and really the scripture, I've just been kind of meditating on this one scripture, John chapter 14 and verse 26 that says this, it says, but the comforter or the helper, it says, which is the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, Jesus doing the talking here, he says, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. And I'm sure glad that we've got the greatest teacher in the world living and dwelling on the inside of us. You know, isn't it amazing that when you look at the four Gospels, here are four different guys. Yeah, they were all part of the disciples. They were all under Jesus. But years later, when they were asked to write these, the, the, the Gospels, when they, they actually, all of them wrote these Gospels separately, and believe it or not, they didn't all come together and say, let's collaborate. They all wrote their Gospels totally separately, and they all totally agree and do not disagree on anything. Now, you, I can take four of you and tell you to, 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 to write something, and you, none of you will agree. It's an impossibility. How, do you, how does that happen except by the Holy Spirit? See, we, many times what happens to us is that we don't understand how awesome the Spirit of God is living and dwelling on the inside of us. Because how many of you know that the only reason that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is because God drew you and you accepted when you heard the gospel? Amen? And that's why, you know, you know we've got to set ourselves in our hearts to understand how precious and how valuable it is, but how wonderful that, and that's what compels us to share the gospel. Amen? You know, to go out and just share the gospel with people uh, is difficult. How many of you ever did evangelism explosion? Two of us. That was a good old uh, denominational thing to do. There was a couple other things where, you you know, you had to go cold turkey to knock on the door and and share Jesus with somebody you don't know, does not want to see you, does not want to have what you have, okay? And uh, it was tough. It was tough, you know, to do all those things there. And I remember I used to dread that. He'd say, oh, Lord, I don't want to go out with this. I don't want to do this because nobody's going to listen. They don't want to. And then I used to say, Lord, how do we reach them? How do you get a dead person to come to life? 
Because they're all spiritually dead out there. So how do you get a dead person to listen? It's kind of tough. You know, because then, then 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says that God, the God of this world has blinded their minds. They can't see. And that's why they just can't comprehend unless who opens their eyes? The Holy Spirit opens their eyes to see. See, it can only be by the anointing and the power of the Spirit of God that enables us to bring life to people. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't still witness. That means that we don't still pass, do all those things. It just simply means that if we'll listen to the Holy Spirit, he'll lead us and guide us to those that really need. And he'll listen to those that we can plant seed hallelujah, and, and enable uh, their lives to be changed. Amen? And this word, you know, in the Greek here, when it talks about teach, is an amazing word because it just simply means that he is going to teach you, show you. He's going to bring things to your remembrance that what Jesus has done, and he's going to bring the word of God. Because not only was he going to do it to all of the disciples, but thank God he's going to do it for us. Amen? We look at the truth, and of course, thank God the next verse says, his peace he gave to us. Aren't you glad that God's not a taskmaster? What do I mean by that? God's not a drill sergeant. He's not making you drop down and do 20. He's not making you run a mile if you don't listen. Amen? No. God, he's leading us and he's guiding us and he's endeavoring to, to get us to listen to what he's doing. And, and God's, he, he's so amazing. To, and we've got to learn how to listen to his voice. How many you know that sometimes uh, we were just discussing this because there was a situation that happened that somebody gave somebody a, a prophecy or somebody gave them something that they said, that, you know, somebody said or the Spirit of God said, and it was very negative and it was very fearful and uh, it was not of God at all because God doesn't operate fearfully. Amen? You know, even when God warns, he gives, to, and he gives peace, he brings life to us. Amen? Every time the angels appeared and everybody was afraid, what was the first thing they said? Don't be afraid. Be not afraid. You know, fear not. You know, one of the things about it is, is that listening to God's voice and understanding what he's saying, and God tells us to do that. How many you know that the Bible says that we need to listen to his voice? Don't be like the children of Israel. Yes. Right. Amen? Yeah. And, and God wants to speak to us because he wants to speak through us. How many you know the number one thing that we have to do is we need the reason that we build ourselves, reason that we get to receive all that God has, we get to get all of the word of God, the great joy that we get to have understanding and the Holy Spirit showing us all the things that are ours is so that we can take it to the world and make them jealous. We're supposed to show the world how great it is to be in this club or to be in this kingdom, amen? How great it is to be a Christian. You know, you've heard my stories where, you know, I traveled before we had iPads, iPhones, and all that kind of stuff. When I was on airplanes and stuff and I would travel, I always take my Bible and I'd pull out my Bible. And almost every time I'd be traveling on an airplane, somebody would say, oh, you're one of those. You're one of those. And of course, my response was always, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm just sarcastic at times. And my response is, and you're not? I don't have as much faith as you. I can't go through life without Jesus Christ. I don't have enough faith. I can't go through life without God. I don't want to go through life by myself. I mean, you're doing your whole life by yourself? Wow. You're so brave. And by that time, they're pretty inquisitive. And, uh, you know, because, hey, but the problem is, is that 
it, it, it so amazes me by what people have this tendency of what they think God is like. Amen? And it's been because religion has taught us that. You know, when I grew up in a church, man, that man taught that God was this, if you don't do right, he's going to make you a greasy spot right there on the carpet. You know, God's the one doing everything and God's not. So I want to share with you four things that God's voice is not tonight, just real quickly, to help you. And then share with you kind of three things that it is. And they're simple things. They're not anything great revelations. But we need to know that when we listen and hear what God's speaking to us, he wants to show us things to come. He wants to bring all things to our remembrance. He wants to give us peace. And he doesn't want us to be troubled or to be afraid. Amen. 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 You know, the very first thing is God's voice is never a voice of condemnation. It's never a voice of put down. God doesn't come to you and say, man, you're ugly. (laughs) Even if you is, he's not going to say that. Because he said... He said, I made you. You're wonderfully and beautifully made. Amen? No, God, God's going to speak. He's not going to come and say, he give you this, this condemnation kind of thing. Because the Bible says, the Bible says when he sent Jesus in John, he said, God didn't send the son to condemn the world. Now, we know over in Romans in chapter 8, verse 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Amen? So there's no condemnation in us. But see, we have a tendency to think that God's going to point out all of our shortcomings. God's going to, first of all, tell us how terrible we are and then try to help us. No, funny thing about God is he always speaks life. And he's always speaking truth to you. And he's always trying to build you up. He's always trying to uh, cause you to, to rise up to his level. He'll always speak to you to where he's at. Do you ever see when God speaks come down in the Old Testament when he changed the names of everybody and when he came down and he talks to them? Just like when he came down and talked to Abram. He said, you're no longer Abram. You're Abraham. You're the father of many nations. Abraham had no kids. He had a wife that was barren. Didn't stop God. God always spoke things out of what he believed. Amen. Took 25 years to get to that point. You know, and then, of course, God supernaturally, uh, the blessings of God. But the, the key is, is that Abraham ran around. Abraham didn't say, well, I'm not going to say Abraham until I see it. I'm going to still be Abram. And I'm not going to call Sarah, Sarah. I'm going to call her Sarai, you know, because he changed her name too. But no, you know what Abraham and Sarah did? They start calling each other Abraham and Sarah. They just went around and said, this is who we are. And see, we, we think that's, well, that's no big deal. But see, we have to understand in, 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 in Eastern culture, anything, your name means something. Yes. Names mean something. They mean something very valuable. And so when you turn around and say that, you can imagine how foolish Abraham looked all of those times saying he was, this is who he was. And everybody's going, you don't even have any kids. You don't have any, any, any offspring. What do you, you keep saying that you're the father of many nations and you got no children. Amen? But see, the key was is that he didn't let, he believed what God said about it and he took hold of it. And he didn't bring himself into the condemnation or the guilt. And I'm, you know, who's the accuser of the brethren? The devil. Amen? He's the one that's accusing you. He's the one that's always telling you you're not enough. He's the one that's always telling you, yeah, but if you do this, you're not going to be able to get this. Or if you, get, you know, go for God or if you do this, you know, then this is going to happen. I mean, it's amazing how we allow the lives of the enemy to continue to bombard our minds. 
I'm going to read you a scripture out of Matthew, Romans chapter 8, verse 33 and 34 out of the New Living Translation. It says this, who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? I'm going to read that again. Who dares to accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. He is sitting in the place of honor at the right hand. Hallelujah. Pleading for us. Amen. Amen. I like that. No one can, can bring, accuse us. No one, hallelujah, can condemn us. No one, hallelujah, can begin to bring accusation because we are seated with Jesus Christ at the right hand of the Father because we are in him. And his blood cleanses us. Amen? Here's a second thing about God's voice. It's not demanding. Isn't it amazing? God's not telling you what to do even though he told you what you're supposed to do but he never tells you what to do. Or how to do it, even though he did tell you how and what, and you, but you got to do it. He doesn't demand. He's not going to come and make you do it. Because if he was, he'd make everybody get saved and we go into the millennium tomorrow. Wouldn't that be better? Let's just make everybody get saved, get rid of everything else. Let's go in, let Jesus rule and reign. Hallelujah. Let's get this thing wrapped up and get the new heavens, new earth, and worship with God forever. Hallelujah, not have anything, just be joyful, be able to travel at the speed of of thought and the speed of light and be able to do anything, eat as much as you want and never gain a pound. Hallelujah, glory to God. Come on, folks, we got it going on here. (laughs) See, God's not demanding, he's only asking us if we'll listen and obey. So many people have a tendency to think, and, 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 you know, God's got his ways. And if you don't do it God's way, you don't receive God's blessings. But he's not forcing you. Amen? God, God never demands. Now, God has a lot of commands. Okay, do you understand the difference between demand and command? I never demand respect, but I do command it. I do, because respect is due everybody. You're not supposed to, you know, talk to No, I, I, don't, I won't demand it. I don't make you respect me, but I will command it because I will not succumb to what you want me to be. There's a difference between being a commander and a demander. When you're the commander, you're in charge. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what other people say or do. Amen? See, here's the thing, too. What we get messed up with, God is sovereign. He is. God doesn't change. God's word never changes. God, God says, this is his. If you want to do it, fine. If you don't, fine. Can you ever notice that people get really mad at you because once they know you're a Christian, then they think you, you act like this, so you're, you're looking down on them or you're looking bad at them and, and they want to attack you because they automatically think that you're uh, this bad person? That you're judging them. <laughs> Amen. See, now, you probably, I don't know if you've ever had this, but I've had this, and I don't know why I've had this, but then again, you know, I've never ashamed of my Christianity. I've never ashamed of God. But I've had people come up and yell at me and say, because I'm a Christian, that I, I'm judging them, and I don't even know them. I, I, didn't even, I, don't even know, I don't even know them. They're just convicted of sin, you know, and upset. 
And I'm like, whoa, time out, time out. What do you, what's wrong? What do you, what do you, what type of sin are you in that I'm judging you about? Well, I, I'm, you know, this and this, and I'm like, whoa, I, I can't help that you're in that. That's not my, I'm not judging you against that. God loves you. I love you. If you want to stay in that and you want to stay in that and go to hell, that's your choice. It is. And I said, but you don't have to. You can get set free if you want to. Amen. You can get set free. See, that's the joy of it. This gospel's free. We're not demanding anything, but we are commanding. And we serve a sovereign God that his word is forever settled in heaven. And it doesn't change. You don't change the word to get to, you know, to, to justify your lifestyle. The, the word is what tries you and makes you. And it's the one that determines whether you're right or wrong. You don't try the word. You don't try God. God tries you. The word tries you. And find you wherever you want to. The word's the one that's going to be judging. The words is what get, gets a hold. Amen? See, God's not demanding. And he's not talking down to you. Isn't it amazing? God raised you up and said, I want you to be in my son. You're at the right. I'm raising you up to the highest level of heaven so we can have fellowship together. Wow. I'm forgiving you of all of your sins. Wiping them out. Covering you with my son's blood so that we can have fellowship together. Hallelujah. He always speaks life. He always speaks life. Always. And did you know that his voice is not a voice of fear? Isn't it amazing? Now, the Bible says if we understand the fear of the Lord, we're going to be so blessed. Because I don't know about you, but I stand in awe of God. No matter how blessed you are, no matter how, even on your best day, you can't impress him. And even if you've got every need met in your life and everything's going wonderful and great, you still need God. I still need God. I need God all the time. I need his direction. I need the Holy Spirit's leading, his guiding. I need this. We were driving home the other, the other night and, and all of a sudden she just blurts out, Lord, you just protect us from owls and protect us from the animals because, you know, we live out in the country. And it wasn't like a minute later, two owls decided to almost smash into the windshield. And I'm like, what? I looked at her and I went, what would be? She goes, it just came up. I said, thank God it just came up. Thank God. Now, so you think that's funny, but her son on that same road got smashed, you know, killed a nice big owl with his windshield and he had to get a brand new windshield just a couple of months back. And so he said, well, why are you driving on the road? Well, that's the way to get home. Okay. So, uh, but you know, it's just so funny. I started laughing. I said, you know, and then all of a sudden she, and then she added animals and all of a sudden we, you know, cause there's, you know, just lest you understand, I know people that have hit beavers, coyotes, uh, hawks, Actually, we had a whole flock of geese get killed. I mean, it's like, so, so we got, you got, you just got all kinds of things. And you think to yourself, sheesh. We said, Lord, we want the animals to live and not be a part of our car. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I mean, but it was just when she said it, you know, we, I looked at her like, eh. But then, man, when they, those two owls flew right over the hood and we missed them there, I thought, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. But no, getting back, God's voice is not a voice of fear. Man, do we need to understand that because every voice that's screaming out in the world today is a voice of fear. 
Everybody, everybody's telling you, oh, you got to be careful about this. You got to stop. Oh, what about this? Oh, you can't do this. Now we got this coming out. We got to be concerned about this. Oh, we got lack of water. We got lack of food. We got lack of this. Oh, this could happen. That could happen. Oh, we got to be careful of this. Everything is all about fear. And fear opens you up. Amen. See, faith is a shield, but fear makes you, makes you vulnerable. It'll mess you all up. It'll mess you all up. You know, God's not given us a spirit of fear. We know that. He's given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. And during this whole time that we've had this since 2020, fear's been the greatest obstacle in people's lives because the government and everybody around has used fear to try to stop us from being who we need to be. They've used fear to try to get you to be afraid. And they've used fear to say, oh, but you're going to cause something for somebody else. Amen? You're going to, and so they've always they've tried endeavoring to get this thing and, and, and to cause fear to come in and bring us into obedience. And that's the way the devil operates is to bring you into fear. God never uses fear to bring you into obedience. It's always faith. He's always saying, here it is. If you want it, you can have it. Hear my voice. Listen to what you can do. Follow me. And it's always the still, small voice. Amen? You remember the story of Elijah. He just, you know, kills the 400 prophets of Baal. Kills them all. Calls down fire from heaven. God does great things. All of his returns. And then Jezebel, Ahab's wife, says, I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to kill you like you killed those guys. And then he runs. And he hides out and he's under a juniper tree there and he's like, and he's crying out and he's, he's, you know, he's having a pity party. He said, God, I'm the only one. I'm the only one left. And God said, no, you're not. I got 7,000 that haven't bowed their knees to Baal. You're not the only one. So he tells him to go up to the mountain. He goes up to the mountain and he's in a cave and there's this big earthquake and the mountain shakes, but God's not in the earthquake. And then there's this mighty wind. And I mean, the wind is, well, you can just see it, but God's not in the wind. And then there's a fire, a little fire that's fire's burning, not consuming, but there's a fire. But God's not in the fire. And then the Bible says there's this still small voice or the New Living Translation, there's a whisper. And God tells him what to do, gives him his assignment about, you know, he tells him you got to go and you got to anoint so-and-so for king. You go and anoint Elisha to be in your stead. And he tells him one other thing to do. You know, the funny thing about it is Elijah didn't do anything except go and anoint Elisha. Elisha ended up anointing the king and doing the other thing that Elijah was supposed to do. But Elisha only heard, oh, he's going to be, I'm going to go get him. I'm I'm done. We'll just let this guy do it. Let him handle it. (laughs) Amen. But what we see here, and the reason we see that is that God's voice is not going to ever rise above. He's not going to demand attention. He won't raise his voice to ground out to drown out any other voices. How many you know that in in First um, Corinthians chapter ten it says there are many voices in the world and none of them without signification, which means none of them without importance. And see, in order to understand God's voice, you got to draw nigh to Him. Amen. And so it says, yeah, but I just can't hear His voice. Well, you got to spend more time with Him. You got to draw near to Him. I mean, I know her voice now. I know her voice. So if we're in a crowd, I can distinguish her voice. 
because I know her voice. Same thing with God. Once you hang out with him, you can distinguish his voice. You know his voice when he's saying. So you're not going to follow the other voice. Because John said in John chapter 10, we know his voice and we will not follow anybody else. So don't say you can't or don't say you don't. Just say, I do and I have and I'm going to get closer so I can hear his voice more clearly. And now he doesn't speak out here. He doesn't speak through these ears. He speaks in your heart. You know, you always, you have two sets of eyes. You have two sets of ears. You guys know that, right? Because you're a spiritual being. You got a spiritual ears. You got spiritual eyes because you see. That's what you see with the eye of faith. That's your spiritual eyes. Amen. And, and if you don't understand that the spirit man is far greater than the outer man, you'll never walk in victory because you'll always walk by sight and not by faith. But if you get a hold of the inward man and understand the inward side and the inward and you hear what the Spirit of God is saying and you see what God is saying, hallelujah, you'll take hold by faith and you'll win every time. You've got to grab a hold of that. You know, because God's voice... Now let me give you the three things that God's voice is, okay? God's voice, you know, first of all, number one, God's voice is a voice of encouragement. I grew up in a church that would, they mainly preached hell hot. They preached God beating the snot out of you. You were just a worm. You were nasty. And I love them. I got saved in that church. Literally, I got born again. I mean, just hearing that I was the, the, the worst person in the world and, and the lousiest sinner every Sunday. And that God was going to kill me if I didn't repent. Sometimes I think we ought to preach that again. You know? And uh, I mean, like, you know, I, when I shared that, I shared that, you know, with you guys, I wore out my rededicator, and somebody came and asked me in our church. I said, what, "What do you mean you wore out your rededicator?" Well, see, in, in the church I grew up in, you, when they preach it, you just go down and rededicate your life one more time. You just rededicate your. Life. I find myself rededicating my life every Sunday, you know, because they'd say, "If you did this," and I thought, "Gosh, I'm a good teenager. I sin every day, so I got to repent." I mean, yesterday was bad, or I did this, you know, not that I, but I knew I wasn't, you know, it's like okay, so I'd have to go and repent every Sunday. Because uh, I wanted to make heaven. Amen? And the funny thing about it, I was raised in a church that was once saved, always saved. But they made you rededicate your life every Sunday because they scared the hell out of you. You know? So you just. <laughs> and I didn't understand that either. They'd say, well, no, once you did it, you're just, that's all you need. You got it. You got everything. It's all great. And I thought, then why do you keep beating the snot out of me? Why do you keep making me feel like I don't, I don't know anything? I'm not going to do this. You know? And it wasn't until I got filled with the Holy Spirit, began to take hold of the Word of God and got to find out who I was, that God it was a voice of encouragement. And the second thing is God's a voice of love. Amen. God loves you. And when you find out that God loves you, that changes everything. That changes everything. When you find out that God loves you and that you get rooted and grounded in love, you get rooted and grounded that God loves me and that he's going to take care of me. You've got to get a revelation of that. You do now because we've got lack in every area. We've got, you can't get things. Have you noticed that? Have you tried to order anything? It's five, six weeks out. It's just you can't, you know, we still got things in the, in the grocery stores that their shelves are half empty. It's like, well, what's going on? You know, and it's because, you know, we basically don't make anything in America anymore. We shipped it all out. And so now we can't get it all back. And so it's, it's a challenge to get things. 
But aren't you glad that God owns all the earth, God? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness there, that God has everything and he can get it to you. Amen? Hallelujah. Even if he has to make it. Hallelujah. God will get it to you. God will get it to you. And we need to understand that when we understand this voice of love, most people have a really misconception of love. How many know love always tells you the truth? If you love somebody, you tell them the truth. Amen? Even at the risk of them being offended. Even Because the Bible says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. It means you're going to tell them the truth. You're going to love them, but I love them. I love you enough to tell you the truth. I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to let you. I'm going to tell you the truth. I love you. And God loved us so much. He told us the truth about us. He told us who we could be, what we could have, and to tell you, and then we can begin to walk it out. Amen? See, because God's voice is a voice of encouragement. It's a voice of love. And then here's the greatest one. God's voice is a voice of peace. Man, when he speaks into your heart, if it doesn't bring peace to you, if it doesn't bring life and joy, then you know it's not from him. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And I've had God tell me, hey, listen, stop. He's warned me about the things that were going to be ahead. But I tell you, it, it, it didn't bring a fear. It didn't bring, it brought a, okay, I need to stop. I need to listen. You know, there's like, no, I need to, I need to be obedient. And it brought peace to know that, hey, I didn't go and do, do the wrong thing. Thank God for his amazing grace. Amen. And the one thing I've always found out, God won't compete I mean, how many, you know, aren't you, how many, this may not frustrate you, but it sure frustrates me because I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, how come you let me do stupid things? <laughs> My dad would never do it. He'd beat me. <laughs> he, you know, he'd, he'd see me going that way and he'd just spank me because he knew what I was thinking or something. I don't know. But, you know, it was just like, how come, you know, you just let me go in and mess up and then I have to ask you to help me out. And you do help me out. But why did you let me mess up in the first place? He said, well, why do you mess up? I said, well, because I don't listen. He said, that's why you mess up. Because <laughs> when you're growing up, that was the whole thing, you know? You know, you know that's what my dad used to say all the time. He's just, you don't listen. You don't listen. And I said, well, I didn't hear you say anything. That's the problem. He said it, but I didn't listen. I was tuned out. It caused me a lot of problems. Amen. See, many of us, we tune out from God. Because we have this misconception that he's not going to want to help us anyways. He's probably going to tell me how bad I've been. He's probably going to tell me, well, you know, you didn't do this. You haven't done that. You should have done that. You know, you told me you were going to do this. You never followed through with this. Y'all got quiet on those. Because we've all been there. Listen, we've all been there. But how do you know God is not holding our trespasses against us? God, that's when you say, God, forgive me. Hey, I blew it, but thank God I can come back. And the wonderful thing about God is, is he'll continue to forgive you. Who's the person that said, if we're going to forgive somebody in one day, how many times we're supposed to forgive them? 70 times 7, right? Remember when Peter came and said, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? Seven times? Because I, I knew that when Peter was coming that, he said, this guy had already messed with him seven times. And he's thinking, now, Jesus, I have a right to pop him. I have a right to beat him up. I have a right to just clean his clock right now. He just knew. And Jesus said, no, how about 70 times seven? Just wipe Peter out. How about 490 times in one day? 
You ever had somebody offend you 490 times in one day? Now, you might have thought they did, but you didn't stick around them long enough to get to the 499. Guaranteed. If you stuck around for the seven like Peter did, you would have been running saying, I need to beat this guy up. What's the deal here? He's just, he, you know, hallelujah. You know, we used to have a saying when I was going to Bible school that we we're going to beat nine devils out of you and then cast the last one out. And the Bible says, don't lay hands on, some, you know, on someone suddenly, but we sure want to lay hands on a lot of people repeatedly. <laughs> we, we twisted the truth, you know, oh, and just so we could see if we could get our flesh involved. You know, hallelujah. But here's the thing that we've got to do in this day and age, and we're going to close with this, is that we've got to understand hearing God's voice and hearing what the Holy Spirit's trying to get to us because that's what he's trying to lead us and guide us. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, amen, and daughters of God. Is that we've got to take our hand off of the panic button. How many of you know we're not in a panic? I don't care if we're in a pandemic. I don't care if we're in whatever kind of demic we're in. It doesn't matter. Okay, we're not on a, we've got to take our hand off of the panic button. We are not in fear. We are not without hope. We have God. God has a plan. God gave us the Holy Spirit. He's still in the earth. He's still opening the eyes. He's still bringing life. He's still doing all these great things. Praise God. He still can do awesome things. He can still rain manna out of heaven if he needs to. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He can still do all that he said he was going to do. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's the thing we got to, we got to take our hand off the panic button and we got to quiet ourselves and we've got to hear. We got to take time to listen. People don't want to do that. They want to say, God, help me do this, do this. And then they just want to go on. Instead of taking time to listen and taking time to say, okay, Lord, order my steps. Show me things to come. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And here's the one that here, we've got to hear God's voice. Why? Because we need to start speaking what God wants to say in the earth. There's a word God wants us to say right now. I mean, there are, we got all kinds of speculations. There's all kinds of rumors, all kinds of different things going on. But I tell you, we need to understand the power of God's voice speaking to us through his word. But also we need to understand the power of our voice speaking God's word out in the situations of what's going on. Hallelujah. Amen? Because believe it or not, your voice is your address in the spirit. Your voice is what gives God contact to where you're at. What you say determines, you know, what God does. We don't like to hear that, but it's true. How many of you know that when you had to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you had to believe with your heart and you had to confess or say something with your mouth and, you know, for salvation. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth, the Lord Jesus will be saved. You can believe that in Jesus in your heart all you want to, but if you never say it, you'll never be born again. You'll never, nothing will ever change out here. That's the same way in everything that you do. Because, you know, God said, in Genesis, God said nine times, God said and it was so, the Bible says. God said and it was so. God said what? God said there's going to be heaven and an earth. God said it was so. God said there's going to be light and darkness. It was so. God said it's going to be called this, going to be called that. It was so. Nine times in Genesis chapter, God said and nine times it was so. Okay? And so God told us that we have to do that because everything that God does is voice activated. Amen? We've got to never 
never, never, never underestimate the power of, of your voice. Amen. We've got to do that. Hallelujah. Now, Greg's going to ask me, what a title am I going to give this tonight? I have no idea what title we're going to give this tonight, but we're going to have, we'll just let him figure that out. Hallelujah. You know, it's just uh, uh, that, you know, God's heart. And many times when we talk about God's voice, everybody says, well, I just can't hear. I want to hear. I hear. I hear everybody talking about that God speaks to them. It's on the inside. God brings things. He brings the word. It brings things that come up. Or God just, it's that still small voice. All of a sudden you think of something. Just like she thought about, I just take authority over owls flying into our window. And I thought that was kind of funny. But then again, they're usually the only bird out at night. And so, but, uh, you know, but hey, I thank God that she said it. Because I'm thoroughly convinced that, uh, you know, we would have we been in big trouble. Because if that would, you know, her windshield is already cracked because of a rock. And so, but the key to the windshield is, is that they can't find it. They, it's six weeks out or five weeks out and nobody has it in the United States. So we can't get it fixed. <laughs> so, and if the owl would have hit it and if it would have been as bad as her son's was, the car would be undrivable. And that means I'd have to be her chauffeur. So the Lord had mercy on me. <laughs> So we knew this. <laughs> no, she would, she would be mine. It would be good. Because she don't ever let me drive anyway. So it's all good. <laughs> Amen. No, but, but we think about those things. But thank God the Spirit of God just said, hey, say this. And then it wasn't just one. It was two. That's the thing that was so weird. And I thought, golly. But thank God we didn't hit him. Amen. Thank God. That when we speak the word of God, it changes things. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these folks that are here tonight. Thank you for all those that are watching. And Lord, we honor you. We love you and praise you. And thank you, Father. We do thank you for the Holy Spirit who's speaking all the time. Who's trying to get us to listen and to flow and to walk and to do what he's called us to do. And the Holy Spirit is the only one that can make dead men live and, and make dead men listen and hear and, con- and convict and cause life to change on the inside of them. Because that's our heart's cry, Father. Everything that you do, all the benefits that we have being Christians, Father, is so that we can show the world how great you are, so that they want to know you, that they can be born again into the kingdom of God. Father, that's our heart's desire. That's our heart's cry. And so, Lord, if there's somebody watching or if there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, or, Father, they're not ready to meet the Lord right now, Hallelujah. You need to be ready to meet him at a, at a moment's notice. Be ready. Hallelujah. To know that if you died today, you would make heaven and miss hell. And all it is is believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth. But it's truly believing. It's not just saying words and, and thinking out of your head. It's the truly believing and making a decision to truly want Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Being tired of going your own way, but asking him to help you. Asking him to be that Lord and to be that Savior. Hallelujah. Because then you want to change and things change and you become totally different. So with our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here tonight or if you're watching there and you're going to see this, this uh, broadcast, you know, the key is believing in Jesus. Hallelujah. Knowing that you're going to be born again. And so if you're not saved or you need and know that you need to have a right relationship with God, just raise your hand real high and we'll pray. We'll believe God with you. You don't have to do it all by yourself. Hallelujah. So Lord, we honor you and love you and thank you. 
And Father, I thank you for each and every one that's here and each and every one that's watching. Father, thank you for the truth of your word that penetrates to the hearts of the hearers. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you, Father, for your amazing grace. And Lord, we just love you and praise you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen.